is upon us. It's the State of Combat Podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell. And I'm only here to talk about two people, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, part the the duel in the desert. That, of course, takes place this Saturday on pay-per-view. Your boys, BC, Rafe Boog's going to break it down in detail this week. Also look back at the weekend that was big wins from Ryan Garcia, Caleb Plant, and so much more. I'm sure we'll talk a little Aussie box, maybe update uh, the latest on Richard Dwyer's move. But, you know, we got another loaded show that's backjacked, underwritten, and sponsored, of course, by that one and only performance enhancing audio you will not pop a usada test listening to that ish let me tell you all right i'm not going to sell you stuff i'm not going to tell you about my basketball escapades although shout out to the real ones right the ones who dm me and said bc never stop being you i want not less basketball talk more okay more basketball talk all right thank you jaime Magia is naked. Still is. All right. Here comes my co-host, guys. It's a big fight week that, of course, takes place at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas this weekend. Here to break it all down, it's Detroit's finest, a native of Manhattan, a New York Times best-selling author and the best thing going on the Athletic.com today. His name is Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick lick you up. Can I lick you down? Yes. Did did you see the video on Valentine's Day that went semi viral on the Twitter of a young young little boy could have looked like he could be one of the Campbell sons singing candy liquor at a car, at some sort of carnival or state fair kind of event, doing candy liquor karaoke while he's doing some some pelvic thrusts, and uh. the people were going wild. It was I I, I think it, I want that. I wish it was my son. I wish I had a son so it, that could be my son. Uh, I think it was uh, a young Ryan Garcia actually, Rafe, preparing to uh, impregnate the entire state of California right there. Yeah, that was a great video. I don't know who the parent was, but uh, shout out to that. The, indeed, Rafe. I, uh, let's not bury the lead here. You made a. Uh, I'm only. I'm only 20 minutes into it, but I've enjoyed it. You've made a fantastic uh, uh, pod moonlight appearance on the great Kurt Emoffs pod this that, week thank thank you brian for getting the score right that definitely is the lead to wilder fury 2 fight week rafe's two-hour podcast talking about my life and career with with kurt emhoff and i'm great very very grateful to him for for letting me do that but it's hard to wonder i'm thinking like really does anyone care nobody cares nobody cares about my life nobody cares about my family i don't care i don't care about my life you think I care about what the freak that guy that acted that way, that behaved that way, that I care what he thinks of me? No. No. I don't. I don't. Uh, well, I did, Rafe, and I will continue. In fact, when I fly to Vegas this week, I'll be listening to the rest of it. But, uh, hey, Kurt Emhoff's uh, podcast, uh, I forgot what it's called. Uh, Boxing Esquire. He's, uh, a, he's a lawyer. Great place to uh, hear about Canelo's legal legal troubles, right? Or, or, or future legal troubles or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, great guy. Uh, I can't wait to hear the backstory on McCriegel, uh 
the wad in me. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, Rafe, on a one to 10, one being flaccidity, 10 being I can't stand up at my desk sophomore year in high school because uh, it's camping season. How fired up are you for Wilder Fury 2 right now? Brian, despite everything going wrong in my life, good or bad, and I'm not saying anything is, but even if it were, I would still be at 10. Full mast. This is worth it. This is this is why we do this. This is why we care. This is why you cannot be at less than 10 for this. Yeah, Can you, you? Got, you got to pump it up, dude. Um, if- masturbating seven times a day. Seven times. Keep me testosterone pumping. Pump it more than once, Rafe. Get yourself fired up. You know what? I'm going to interject here. Um, we had talked for weeks and months like, hey, this isn't the build we wanted for Wilder Fury 2. Tyson Fury, you're not playing the role of crazy guy yelling Dosser. But you know what, Rafe? The last few weeks... It's picked up, and it's picked up in actual organic ways that matter to the fight, right? Like, the big storylines are like, oh, my God, is Tyson Fury really going to fight him? Is he going to walk him down? Oh, my God, new trainer, blah, 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 rather than, oh, did you see that fake push Tyson did at the press conference? And while I eat that fake-ish up all the time, and I love it, and I live it, the they have me so pumped about just the actual fight, which is the real, that's what you're buying in the end. And uh, that's great, Rafe. Brian, that I, I I don't really disagree. Certainly, as boxing fans, there there's not much more we can ask for. I, who knows if they have maximized every possible way to sell this fight? And I, honestly, I I only care in that I want it to do well enough that Top Rank and PBC continue working with each other. Otherwise, I really don't care how much money they get to take home. I want the fighters to be paid well. And honestly, if the suits all gave their money to good causes and weren't so rich, that might be better. But anyway, um, what I was going to say, Brian, is that there is one thing, one thing missing from this build. And I don't know if there's anything anyone can do about it. It, it requires a legal remedy. But they got to look into it for Fury's next fight. If they do, especially if it's Wilder Fury 3, if we get knock on wood, something magnificent on Saturday night. But we need one thing. One thing has been sorely missing, and it would send it through the roof. Big John Fury. All right. I know he's got some priors. I know he did some time. <laughs> it may be hard to get a visa. But I know yo, he fish hooked a man's that. eyeball. Do you know how hard you have to fish hook a man's eyeball to get it out, Roy Jones? Come on. <laughs> I don't care. We need him. All right. I will I will I don't know if I would give my eyeball to get him on US soil to build one of these fights, but I would think about it. Rafe, I love him. I'll make him a bet. I'm on when he's pressured. And he's in a hard time, he'll crack at the seams, and once he cracks, the crack will spread for me to Manchester and back, and it's over. I don't reckon Wilder Do you want to bet then? I don't, I don't, I don't I'll bet you £50,000. I, I don't like to bet, I don't like to bet. I'll bet you so, 50 grand, 100 grand. I'm, not, I'm a man of my word. It's not about betting, it's about my opinion. My... Uh, he is a man of his word, by the way. Great piece of content there. If you haven't seen the BT Sport Roundtable that we referenced last week, Paulie Malnagy, uh, Buncey is there, Big John Fury, David Hay. Um, I did inquire to the great. Evan Korn, EK, top rank, our guy, right? Who, by the, the corner way, man. corner man did reach out to me and said, I can make Bob, Can I Bus, and Las Vegas a reality for the State of Combat podcast, Rafe. I don't know. I got to check CBS's legal department on that one, but wow. Um, EK told us, told me, 
that John would not be doing any media, and he probably only did that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they paid him for you know English TV. We you know as you mentioned, he's probably not making the trip. It's too bad. I would have loved to get Big John on this pod, call him up on that ten pound mobile phone, Rafe. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, fired up. Uh, I thought you were gonna gonna say uh, what this needs is a is a for a fight week this big is, is a legal expert. I answered the wire the week of the fight, and I'm a little worried now because my favorite legal I'm sorry my second favorite legal expert in boxing the great Kurt Emhoff who has a fantastic podcast on the Leave It in the Ring Network you know what I'm saying Evan Rakowski great great show as well Johnny great Sig, place to catch a, a Rafe Boogs interview. Uh, do you think that there's a secret plot going on? That Kurt Emhoff is thinking, you know what, if these guys at SOC don't step up soon and get Dwyer on the show, although let's have respect to the man moving at the moment, I think. Uh, do you think Kurt Emhoff's going to steal our thunder and go, hey, legal expert Kurt Emhoff, why don't I have legal expert Richard Dwyer on the show? Look, if that's what it takes to get Dwyer out of whatever hole he's hiding in, then that's that's fine. Get that Maybe Dwyer only wants to converse with other legal minds and we we can't really be on that level with him we're not on the same wavelength he'll he'll debate circles around us yeah that is very very true um do you have an update by the way you're you're a lot closer to dwyer's content uh it's a service you have uh did he arrive in the new house i'm assuming i'm gonna say i'm assuming he's moving to a new house but the the depraved sadness vibe coming out of his videos lately with the beard and like it just looks like there's a man who maybe has you know hey let me use some heroin no no i'm not saying that right i'm you know more beer for me maybe a little bit of that what's going on in the life of dwyer rave he said uh, his latest video is the wilder fury to uh preview which came out last week and he said he's about to move he's ready to move it's happening it's happening i don't know if that's good or bad in the dwyer household but it's a maybe the next time we see him he's going to be in a new abode or in a scary motel i don't know hey that wasn't a draw in the dwyer household wilder fury one not a draw in the campbell household either i do wish all jokes aside richard dwyer well maybe that's why he's had those those totes those those uh things piled up next to his uh, computer for the last couple of years. Maybe this is something he's been playing. Or maybe he's always ready to run if he has to, Rafe. He's one of uh, Northern California's best divorce lawyers, all right? You need to be able to go in two minutes, Brian. Uh, Rafe, to close up the ridiculousness pre-show here before we get into the meat, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's what that's what real men eat, Rafe. What's your favorite food, right? It's gotta be- I eat steak every day. Yeah, I eat steak every day. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I meat like meat. I'm not big, you know, just I'm small guy. Just, <laughs> I need energy. I need energy. All steaks. <laughs> you know, not, beef. You know, I like beef. Uh, I like a double beef. Uh, uh, like big, beef. big steak. Big, big steak. Um, NBA All Star Game over the weekend, Ray. For you, you know, we we talked uh, because of JoJo Diaz wearing the Kobe uniform, and I was maybe insensitive, saying, "Does everybody have to tribute Kobe?" Hey, BC, shut up and enjoy Kobe's legacy, right? Uh, were you yes. in on uh? The Kobe and Gigi shout out with the number two and number 24 uniforms at the uh, NBA All-Star game this weekend in Chicago. Of course, that's absolutely appropriate. All of anything that they did to, you know, uh, celebrate his life and legacy and and and, and, and continue to do that. I, I'm, I mean, who, I don't really it's hard to really have a problem with that. 
Um, I also don't care about the NBA All-Star game. All right. Well, I was going to say the uh, Kobe tributes did not end with the NBA All-Star game. What were your thoughts on this tribute? Kobe, how does my ass taste? Now, keep in mind. Right, tell me how my ass tastes. All right, too too soon. Too Rafe, way, <laughs> Why you do that, man? Way too soon. I mean, come on. I mean, like, you no. Know, I mean, get no, no. Get to the chopper. He had no business, guy. Hey, guy Ritchie, right? Great, great guy to make a movie with, right? Oh my God, uh, he has a new one that came out. I heard it's a little bit racist, but I, I would still, I would still watch it. Rafe, did you see Parasite yet? The uh, your Academy Award for Best Picture in twenty. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, man. What your thoughts? Your thoughts? I liked it very much. Okay. Uh, you're okay with Korean subtitles? It took me an adjustment period, but man, what a flick. What a damn flick, Rafe. Uh, I, it, it is not my first subtitled film, Brian. I have a little bit of culture over here. All right, all right. Uh, final... Philistine. Fi- <laughs> final pre-Wilder Fury update, Rafe. How is Detroit uh, feeling you lately? Uh, how's Nine Mile? You all right? Is it cold? You got snow? What's that? There, Rafe, I don't know if you heard, there was like a 68 degree day in Antarctica. The glaciers are splitting. Has that spread to Detroit? Well, it has been a mild winter, which has been easier on us adjusting from Los Angeles. Uh, the cold isn't much of a problem. A lot of snow, man. It snows a lot. I don't remember it snowing like this in the Northeast in New York. Like we get snow a couple times in the winter. It'd be cold, but wouldn't be snowing all the time. Sometimes you got to bang him a little bit. I don't know. It's just, I'm tired of shoveling. I'm tired of scraping stuff off my car. Um, yeah, uh, I, but I, I, nevertheless, we, we continue on. All right, we are going to start off our morning the right way here. Let's do the bird call, morning bird call. Early, right? Uh, did you say swing? Was that a uh, Wayne's World <laughs> reference there? I don't know if Angel gets down with uh, Wayne and Garth. All right. Well, hey, we're about to take a pause for the cause. We'll be back after a word from our friends and sponsors. It's Wilder Fury 2 time. Dig it. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. State of Combat Box Pod in your ear hole. It's BC. It's Rafe Bugs. Brian. Yeah. May I, whoa, may whoa. I ask you whoa. A, a brief question? Whoa, whoa. It's it's Brian's show. It's Brian's night. What's I going on? I just here? wanted to ask a question, man. I just wanted to, I, I I wanted to pose. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, I know it's your night. It's show your ain't night. over. Show ain't it's, over. It's BC's night. Don't worry. Did you happen to hear? And is this a regular thing? I need to listen to our podcast more. Uh, was that real? That the when you threw it to to the recorded uh, advertisement, it was one for KY Jelly. Was that a real thing? I saw it on Twitter, but I wasn't sure it was real. It was, Rafe. It was. It Does, was part is, of is like our a... load watch stuff working? Are, are there people listening? I can't believe I buried that lead, Rafe. Uh, yeah, it was part of like a, a greater sponsorship package, and it just happened to drop in there. But it was like so on brand. Of everything we've ever done in this show's history, right? Like, even Barack the Boxing Bully best couldn't intercept that load, Rafe. 
That's incredible. I think we need to get Astro Glide and all the other prominent lubes on board. Well, even even Face Lube. Oh, if we can get VO and Face Lube as a sponsor here, I know they don't make it anymore, Rafe. But uh, I mean, <laughs> you could pay him to read a commercial for Face Lube and just oh, play it. It's all about it's all about the lube, man. Imagine if we cameoed because Vince, Victor, the great Vincent Ortiz, did appear on the show, uh, cameoing the great Alex Godinez. Shout out to Sacramento's own Alex Godinez. Alex Godinez, what's going on, brother? Hey, things happen. Yeah, things happen. Imagine if things happened, Rafe, and we cameoed VO to do an ad for the State of Combat podcast pushing VO face lube. Wow, Rafe, right? Wow, brother. You're feeling it. I, I still I wouldn't do it because I, 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 that's really nice of, of VO to do that kind of stuff for a couple of bucks here and there. And when you hit him with the open mockery, that's I, I think that's just disrespectful. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's time to do this show, Rafe. Before we jump in big time to the uh, to the Wilder Fury 2 rematch this weekend, the Fox and ESPN joint co pay per view. Uh, quickly want to look back at the weekend that was in Rafe. This, wow, Valentine's Day night. Last Friday, California, Anaheim, Ryan Garcia, I believe Rafe, made a legitimate leap into uh, possibly the elite level. And it's not that Francisco Fonseca, who we knocked out in the first round, is a world beater. But you did know coming in that Fonseca's only defeats were to Tevin Farmer, and Gervonta on the title level. Yes, he was moving up in weight to 135. But Rafe, you saw it. That check left hook was like, wow. That was like, we've got something here. Rafe, from this knockout from Raigai, a sure knockout of the year contender. It's February. There hasn't been anything but crap fights yet. It won't Stop be it. knock. If that's the knockout of the year, then it's going to be a bad year for knockouts. Stop that crap. Rafe, how... And this is legitimate here. How much in your eyes has Ryan Garcia over the last few fights since joining with Canelo's team, Eddie Reynoso, really made that leap at 21 to potentially being more stake than sizzle, where the opposite seemed true the last few fights? I don't know. I have no way of judging that. He looks good. It is great matchmaking. He is being fed guys who are going to run into punches, and he's doing a great job of punching them. Like, these are... he's. Slower, aggressive fighters who think they're going to walk through his punches and rough him up, except he has real power. I think, I think we are seeing that and he knows how to, he knows how to time those guys and hurt them and he's doing a great job of that. I think he looks very good. He, the, the promise has been there for years or for as long as we've been aware of him and he's only 21 and it, he continues to look really good, but has he proven anything new? No. Uh, do I do I have any better idea of whether he's ready to face somebody like Jorge Linares, who they're saying he may fight fight next? No, I don't know. I still would love to see it. I think it would be very interesting. He might that that's something like that is the test, and that might be too much of a test because you re, the, you still really don't know. Because to me, Brian Fonseca, uh, Romero Duno, they they were sort of tailor-made now did i is it impressive that he's able to knock them both out in the first round absolutely i think that does tell us something real about his power at this level but they are also guys who are real easy to hit and don't have any other plan but to take punches right, that's and, fair. and he's knocking them out you that was a very fair fair and sober comeback and it's true 
And look, do we know yet if he has 12-round championship stamina? No. Do we know yet if he can come back from being down on the cards? No. Do we know yet if he has a super elite chin? No. Would you need that to face the type of guys that are now in his potential future? Uh, Yeah. But, Rafe, you remember that last fight before he joined forces with the Reynosos. It just looked like he was all quick hands and trying to put combos together. Didn't really have the defensive responsibility the maturity and again he's only 21 now he's probably like 19 or 20 then but I gotta give him credit and obviously if you join forces with quite possibly the best fighter in the sport in Canelo right and you get into his camp and you train with him and you learn his ways and let's give the Reynosos credit they're sound defensive teachers of boxing I've seen some major butchers of great meat too they damn right uh the kind of meat Rafe that pops you say the tests, okay? Uh, I'm I'm just saying, he in my eyes from my perception, right? What was it? A couple months ago, I'm like, you know, he's got quick hands, handsome guy. Uh, he shoots his shot. But when he get, finally steps up, he's going to be sold. His name will be sold into a loss. Now I'm not so sure, okay? It, should he be calling out Gervonta and Devin Haney who got in the ring and went nose to nose with him? I mean, look, those seem like next level leaps. I'm just saying... I'm more confident that he can compete on that level, that it wouldn't be a train wreck, that maybe just maybe he could have a chance to win on that level than I would have before these last two first round knockouts. Only so much you can learn from a one minute fight. I get that. But Rafe, when they are, they are doing something right, they want to match him quick. They want him to be a star tomorrow. I think it all goes back to Rai Guy uh, kind of leveraging himself to get that new deal before that last fight. Now they are setting up Jorge Linares, who had a knockout in his comeback at 135 on the undercard. Looked really good. Is always going to be a vulnerable guy with great skills. Rafe, Jorge Linares is the ultimate test for what we have here in Rye Guy. And if we get that fight this spring, I think you have to be there. You, personally. I think you have to be there. I, there's a lot of fights I should be at, Brian. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't get to go to fights. Um... Rick, yeah, I would love it to be at that. And believe it, you'll probably in the end receive it. Maybe that's a good idea. I'd also, uh, yeah, I, we'll see. Um, Linares and Garcia, not only because it would be such an exciting fight to think about, to see F. Ryan Garcia, I mean, talk about the real deal. I still believe it. Look, he showed it. Linares still has that talent. He, we all know his flaws, but he doesn't really look slower. He doesn't look like he's slowed down or he's not as sharp as he used to be. He just still is the same. He still has the same exact flaws he's had since, what, 2012 when he lost to Antonio DeMarco and went on that losing schneid. It, it, he, when things start to roll downhill for Jorge Linares, <laughs> they go downhill in a hurry. Um, and that's going to be ex- an interesting part of that fight. But he still has the skills to give Ryan Garcia an incredible test and beat him if, if Garcia is not ready for that test. And on top of that, it is like a Highlander style, you know, I, now that, what is it, how, what does it say? When all your power is mine, man, I can't believe I forgot the Highlander line. In any case, that's pretty nerdy. Of, that's nerd what? stuff from you right now, Rafe. This is what? Nerd stuff? Nerd, nerd stuff. This Not is Christopher Lambert Highlander, the winner, the like decapitation all of the power, all of the handsomeness goes to the winner of this. This is a, a this I is a handsome man guys. Super Bowl. Yeah, as G- Triple G would say, beautiful guys, right? Very, very beautiful guys. I want guys, Brian. I want guys.
You got guys. You got two very beautiful guys. Uh, seriously, that would be such a perfect test of what Rye Guy has because let's not forget, I know Linares got knocked out by Kano at 140, but he gave uh, Loma, I'm sorry, God, good yeah, God, so Teofimo Loma, uh, he, he, he gave Loma all he could handle in that fight. I know Lomachenko was coming off shoulder surgery, but he dropped him. He was in there. Could Ryan Garcia's speed be the ultimate kryptonite for Linares' flash chin? Maybe, but just the same. We've got to see Rye Guy go the full 12 against a championship-level guy. Rafe, this could be amazing. I'm just saying, from from what we've seen lately, I'm starting to think when Oscar's going on radio and saying, hey, Floyd, let's do our rematch, but let's do Ryan Garcia against uh, Gervonta, and we're all like, dude, you're going to get your kid sent to hell. Now I'm not so sure, Rafe. I'm not so sure because you're, you know, the great. Right. And the storm clouds are out on Gervonta Davis. The great Gervonta uh, has some holes in the ring, Rafe. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're still waiting for him to sort of iron that out in an elite test. Uh, wow. I don't know if Devin Haney's the right matchup, though. He seems to have everything. Yeah, look, Haney is still the, the fighter um, of all these young guys who I think is going to pan out as the very best of them. But I look, the, the, the best case scenario is that they all fight each other over the years and we really get to, to, to see it. They prove it and they have an opportunity to really do something here. All This whole crew of fighters that, uh, that are 21, 22, 23 years old. I mean, what, Davis is 24, 25, but still they are – it could be, man. If they end up, if we end up getting these fights, it's it would be amazing. It would be ah, like like Nirvana type stuff. It'd be great. Nirvana, never mind. Or oh, not you mean that? The, no, like you like mean the like actual. heaven. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it would probably be a uh, only a, yeah. Big gift to people. Thank you, thank you. Took a while to get their uh, Gennady, but we got it. Uh, wow. There's no I in team, Rafe, but there is an I in Gennady. Never forget that. Uh, Rafe, also this weekend, uh, Sweet Ants was back. Caleb Plant had his homecoming in Nashville, and he put it on, that guy, Feigenbluger. Uh, 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 Henry Rowengartner there. Uh, here's the deal, Rafe. Uh, look, you can only gain so much from this fight, from a Mike Lee fight, but Caleb Plant's really good. And I know I, I made that comment. Like, Man, I think, I think he has the skills to give Canelo a hell of a fight. Afterwards, they asked him, would you would you fight Canelo in May? As if it's easy, by the way, to make a PBC uh, DAZN fight. Not easy. Uh, and he was like, no, I'm not, I'm not coming on two, three months short turnaround so Canelo can take advantage. I want to do this the right way. You could argue with that response all you want. But Rafe, the big fight is David Benavidez for him. They're talking about it. Benavides was on the call as he should have been uh, bringing it up. Rafe, that will be such a great fight. And here's the deal. We don't know how great Caleb Plant can be. I know you're going to counter me and say, didn't Uzkatagi have him hurt twice late? Maybe, Rafe. Blew his nose up. But, Rafe, Caleb Plant's really good, right? Not just in the, um, in the, in the matrimony area, but as a fighter, Rafe. Um, he looks very good. Yes, I think that we all have to applaud uh, Vincent Feigenbutz, uh coming from the Tom Schwartz German school of opponents, being really the worst. I mean, this that was terrible. I the one thing. 
like the I gotta say, Caleb Plant's two title defenses, Mike Lee and Vincent Feigenbutz, they have been the most um they've been like I've not felt as disgusted watching boxing really in the past year as when I was watching that because they're just they have just, and look, this was an IBF mandatory for Feigenbutz. There's not much you could do. You just gotta take it and get rid of them and and Caleb Plant did it in style. So good for him. But I was I'm watching this like this I I this is terrible. Absolutely terrible and I I'm I'm pissed off. I have to be here and witness it. Um I hope that they make some better fights. And I think it is also as great uh, look I I really do. I see what everyone who said looks at Caleb Plant and says this guy looks like he could be the, the the toughest test for Canelo. He could be the 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 guy at 168 pounds. He has a skill set that is so flashy um, and real real high level athleticism. He's not sneaky athletic. He's just straight up athletic, right? Quick can you know can can change directions, makes guys miss, can can explode forward with with combinations. But again, he, he was doing it to a punching bag. Um, and we did see Uzkatagi catch up with him a little bit late in their fight. So I think he still has some proving to do, but yeah, he looks real good. Uh, Brian, I don't know. The, 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 that fight sucked. It sucked. Yes. But Rafe, the idea of plant benefits. I don't, I, you know what? I, you that, that, that's one that. thing that sucks about being a boxing fan. The ideas of fights is usually all we get to do is think. No, no, how, no. They're, they're in PBC together. I know it's a slow. So build. what? I know it's part of Al Heyman's plan to get Caleb plant, a white guy with quick hands and a great backstory in your living oh, room look, on you, Fox. You, you know that Samson, who also who who has the first you know say, uh, Samson Lukowitz, the promoter of David Benavidez, has already said that ain't happening in 2020. Bitch, you know what I want? I want to talk to Samson Rafe, okay? Fly me to the moon like that bitch Alice Cramden, right? Oh my God, Brian! Because it's yeah. hard being black and gifted. Well, please, you got to stop this. Sometimes I want to throw it all down and get lifted. Is that is that ish legal in Detroit, Rave? Uh, medicinal. Okay. Well, when actually, I actually think... no, no, it's recreational now too. But they, they, there aren't any um places that sell recreational in Detroit. You got to go to Ann Arbor. Oh, all right. Well, Rafe, when I think about Plant Benavides. I bring an Aegis. Oh, that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge, um, Rafe. Prepare your horse for war, Rafe. <laughs> all right. Do you think they'll end up putting that on pay-per-view, by the way? Do you think this is all planned to get Caleb Plant's brand to the point where they could pull that off? I think, um, uh, you know, this is not – none of us love the idea of marination, but I could see them thinking that these two young fighters, right? Benavides is what, 22, 23. Plan is 27. They both have just, yeah, you know, they're fairly recent champions. They've been on Fox Cup a few times each, but not really. They're not, they haven't really blown up yet. And you probably could blow them up a bit more before putting the, you know, play out that rivalry. They both talk it up well. They tr they talk trash well. They literally, they, they truly dislike each other. A lot of us have seen the Caleb Plant confrontation with Jose Benavidez in, in, in the, in, in the gym in Vegas. You know, there's some bad blood there. Um, and, and Caleb Plant just, he's good at being, uh, sort of an arrogant guy in a way that, 
some people like he's going to be polarizing in that way, right? He's a, he's really good looking. He he kind of you know he he he's sort of a sort of a what's John Tucker must die kind of a dick sometimes, you know. But he's but he uses it to his advantage and he's he, he backs it up. Say it to his face though. Say bring that same energy to his face, Rafe. All right. Look, I I'm I'm too old to t- use that same energy junk. I'm I will. I th- I think it's good that he's a dick. He should be a dick. That that helps. All right, all right. Um, did you, by the way, see uh, uh, one of boxing's most respected journalists on the uh, Joe Rogan experience? Rafe, did you? If you look, I wish you were talking about Marcos Viejas, the journalist. The journalist, great, 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 great. Wow. I let let me give a shout out to him. But uh, it was this fella. Rip that suit off. <laughs> Show everyone your s. <laughs> uh, boxing wins when uh. When Radio Rahim is on Joe Rogan, did you did you listen, Riff? He was screaming into that mic. He was shouting. I did not, Brian. Not I don't really listen to the MMA the the, the MMA podcast. I listen when Joe Rogan gets weird with like Roseanne Barr. Um, so you didn't listen when? Stop uh, hating. Stop hating. Good. I'm not hating. Radio I'm Rahim. telling no, you're you. hating. You you definitely threw it out there. What do you think about this? Rafe, he came on and you're told setting that... me up to, to 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 be like, man, I, look, good for him. Rafe. I'm ha- look. Who cares? Look. I ain't trying to be on TV with these people. I'm not. Ho- it's not my dream for Joe Rogan to call me and put him on his podcast. I've been on boxing. Esquire. <laughs> Why do they call you Radio Ryan? Because suckers never play me. Rafe, I ain't about to play him, right? Will I play him over that DAZN, uh YouTube comment? Yes. All right? But I would I would joke with him to his face about that. Congrats to Radio Rahim for getting there. I didn't know he had the backstory of being bros with Dave Chappelle and traveling with him. It was a very interesting interview. Hearing the origin story of the till this day type of deal. Okay? That is what it is. Did you listen to my CBS Sports State of Combat MMA co-host the ufc hall of famer sugar rashad evans on the joe rogan show when he talked about the medicinal aspects of psychedelics and how he had a spiritual awakening while doing uh like peyote in the desert no all right okay hey moving on here rafe uh hey would you favor caleb plan against benavides if 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 someone made you made you give that pick early just you know Uh, right now i i i um i think the um the guy from Phoenix is more to my liking. Okay, okay. Yeah, the the, the Russian. All right. Uh, anything the Benavidez else? is more to my liking. Nothing else from this weekend moved you, right? I mean, I, I saw Bryant Perella got basically Meldrick tailored by uh, Jack Reese there. Your, your thoughts on that? The, all, only My only thought, I don't, I'm not that, I, the, you could go either way on the stoppage, right? Because uh, one way or another, someone is sort of getting robbed of a, a victory they have a good argument for having deserved the guy who won all the rounds or the guy who basically, you know, did enough to, to earn a stoppage right before the last final bell. You could call that either way. I, I'm tired of Jack Reese with the with the roadside sobriety test stuff after knockdowns. That is not <laughs> part of the rules. That is something that I, the first time I ever saw it was when New York instituted it there. And they did it in New York as this classic New York State Athletic Commission overreaction to, uh, oh my God, we committed like negligent, awful negligence against Magomed Abdusalamov that exacerbated the, the brain injuries he suffered in the ring. Henceforth, we're going to come up with this nonsense protocol that does nothing to cover our own asses post facto. It's garbage. Wow. And and Jack Reese picking it up. I don't know why he thought it was cool and decided to make it his thing too. 
Um, but he doesn't need to do it. If it saves and, fighters, though, it does give the ref a chance to see if they're if they're on if they're on Q Street still. But then again, I don't know. It there is it a gives, divide. It gives. It also takes away. I mean, it also gives fighters an extra ten seconds sometimes That's to fair. recover That's and fair. and doesn't let guys get you know get their chance at finishing a fight. It's I, I just don't think it's necessary. And with something like this. It looked like Perella, yeah, he was hurt bad and, and you know, could have been – and the, the stoppage was, I think, justified or justifiable. But he could – if it's the kind of thing where he can't hear Reese or he doesn't really understand what the, what the point of the whole thing is, like, it, I just it's, – it's extra complications that you don't need to introduce. Yeah, then they introduced some extra complications when they interviewed Perella after the bout. Now he's basically saying that the referee stopped the fight because they, you know, they have gambling problems. Whoa, whoa. And he told the commission that uh, the referee was a gambler. All right, shout out to Jack Reese. Do you think that anyone in boxing has ever bought a house from Jack Reese? He is an experienced California realtor, Rafe. Are you trying to make the connection that his business goes as north as Mountain View? Boxing and ethics, Brian, don't I? That would be interesting. <laughs> but boxing and ethics don't always go together. That would just be an interesting way to get, uh, you know, what if what if they did that and it was undisclosed? What if what if Bob Arum has bought several houses for you know what if what if Brian? Wow. You like conspiracies? What well, you should do it. You would be. Yeah, it couldn't hurt, right? Uh, boxing and Esquire do miss do mix well, right? Right. I'm boxing a- and the law. Yeah, there it is. There it is. All right, Rafe, uh, quick news roundup here. Did you see the New York State Athletic Commission reduced Ivan Redcock's absurd suspension down to just 10 grand? They're going to let him keep his purse. Uh, at least somebody got the score right, right? For that, yeah. Bite. Thank you, man. At least somebody did get this. I would like to understand what would what can someone come out and explain their reasoning in the in in the beginning? No, no one is going to do that. I bet. All right, uh, welterweight Virgil Ortiz Jr., the unbeaten stud prospect with Golden Boy, Oscar and Gold and base basically saying that they want this guy like in a title shot this calendar year, like he's ready to fight any welterweight. Well, his his next bout will be against battle-tested veteran Samuel Vargas on March 28th. That's the same guy. It's not the two scoops guy. That's right. It's not the the what was that guy? No, not Sammy the can the can do. You can anyone can, can get Sam. It. Yeah, it's Vargas, the, it's the, I think it's the guy Pittsburgh. that Danny Garcia once sent to hell. Um Yes, it's that guy. It's going to be at the Forum in Inglewood March 28th on the zone. Rafe, uh yeah, yeah. Okay. Not not great, you know. He he. But if that's you, as long as Ortiz is staying busy, and he's gonna rack up these exciting knockouts, I I'm not gonna become less a fan of his. But I I'm I hope that he gets a, an opportunity at better fights soon. Well, we're we're getting to a point where we we understand how business goes, and on the DAZN side, unless Eddie and Oscar are gonna get together, and Eddie's gonna serve up some of his, uh, you know, Jordy Golovkin white guys to him. Who could Virgil Ortiz actually like have his big breakthrough, make his name fight? I guess it's got to be like against a Jesse Vargas, right? Who I they're was about already, to say Jesse Vargas. Who they're already using there. to serve to Mikey Garcia, although that does have the potential to be an interesting fight if Mikey doesn't okay. adapt well to 47. We know that. It's going to be a fun fight. I'm there for that. My point is this. Um, I don't. Uh, we're not angling toward like 
Mikey Garcia versus Jesse Vir- or Mikey Garcia versus Virgil Ortiz, right? We're probably not because Mikey oh, wants money. Not. I mean, Robert trains Virgil Ortiz, and I don't think that they would do oh, I didn't that. Even make uh, that connection. That's a great point. Right? Yeah, as well, uh, which which I, I was thinking, I'm actually happy that Robert Garcia trains Virgil Ortiz because I think that is an extra layer of insurance against the dirty possibility that some promoter might remember a name and think, hey. Brandon Rios might want to fight uh, and do that to Brandon Rios because I don't want to see that. And I think that Robert is the kind of man who would say, no, that ain't happening. Rios ain't making one fall seven anytime soon, Rafe. Probably not. <laughs> Although he did make it against Danny, but it was Danny's night, okay? And as we found out, Rafe, you know what Danny's got underneath that, okay? You're underneath that sombrero, right? Danny has a stick. Right? Not the only one, though, Rafe. But Dylan White has one of the best sticks in the game. Not wrong. Not wrong, right? I see no lies, Brian. Okay, okay. Uh, also in the news, Rafe, um, just to clarify on this uh, rematch clause for Saturday's Wilder Fury 2, right? Uh, Frank Warren of Queensberry Promotions says the loser. So Queensberry th- rules. Yeah. Uh, we know that the loser can activate a trilogy fight right at that 60 40 split. Warren says the loser has 30 days to activate it. Okay. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, that, that's a long That's long enough for them to make that decision, I think. Okay. That's interesting. Um, as I'm waiting for my thing to load, Rafe. It's great. Great internet right now. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Oh, Charlo's bottle only had water, in case you're wondering, Tony Harris. I saw I saw the, the California State Commission came out and, and backed up their man, if that's what, you know. Here, here in Michigan, Brian, I don't know if we believe that. To me, it's complete poppycock. All right, Rafe, it's time to get into it. It's Wilder Fury 2 this Saturday. Fox ESPN joint pay-per-view MGM Grand Las Vegas. Rafe, let's start with this so we can get it out of the way. The business mm. side of it. It hasn't been a traditional build. We didn't do the worldwide press tour. But Fox and ESPN have assets that, uh, that, that typical pay-per-view builds don't, right? The ability to put these guys on college game day, the ability to have a Super Bowl commercial on Fox. I th- put them I, on the masked singer. I was going to say, I saw cop, the top operator tweet out your colleague that they're going to be on the masked singer, which supposedly gets six or 8 million uh, viewers a week. Uh, what's the ceiling here? I had said from the beginning, I thought the ceiling was 1.5 million of a traditional pay-per-view buy. the first fight, of course, on Showtime 2018, different story. Tyson Fury, not yet an American household name did what? Like 330,000. The proof will be in the pudding, Rafe. What do you think this will be? What's our, look, I said before, and I'm not really changing it, that it's about, I, I would say the over-under is a million buys, Brian. I, there is the potential for much more, but there's also the potential for much less. And there's no proven, uh, there's no, there's no proof that either guy is going to sell over this. It is, it is possible because of the magnitude of the fight, because of both networks getting behind it, because the ability to push it through ESPN Plus right now and, and Fox running the big commercials for it, both on the Super Bowl and this week and all the promotion. I think there's a lot of potential, but still, we the last time Wilder fought on pay-per-view, something like 200,000 people bought it. Fury has they, – they said they were going to build Fury up over the past year. Well, they built, they built him up with – uh, bad on paper fights. One turned out to be a much better than expected on ESPN Plus that not too many people bought tickets to, and probably even though we don't know for sure, probably not too many people watch. So it's not like they've done a great job of of building this up over the last year. 
a lot of that can be look it's pay-per-view what what matters <clears throat> the last three days right? right so they can they can save it all uh and i mean if, if they, they push have a each other chance. seriously if they at the press conference or the weigh-in if they have like a, a typical last minute boxing let's push and nearly fight and we gain 300,000 viewers from that alone because it gets shot everywhere it could happen you know we're gonna have plenty of media interview opportunities this week and it's a great it's a great it's it, the, the timing of it i think is really smart it ha- there hasn't been a boxing pay-per-view yet this year um it's not it's the so they're coming first out the gate it's a dead week in sports so they can get Really, all of the they can really take the 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 mainstream sports news cycle over for a couple of days. They're sending half of ESPN out to Vegas, right? I mean, all the big names, Stephen A. They're doing first take there. They put Fury on uh, Ariel Hawani's MMA show, which gets like ridiculous traffic. Apparently, that's true. Um, And uh, so, so they're 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 gonna do all the right things going down the stretch to give this a shot. But still, if since the first fight between Wilder and Fury did what three hundred fifty thousand or something, whatever, whatever, I, it's still is, and there, and we haven't seen anybody go over a million since Canelo and Triple G did it. Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I think one million buys is a good over under, and I don't think the Joe Tessitore over under of like five million is very realistic. To me will break every pay-per-view record. It'll be the most viewed fight in the modern era of boxing. Joe Tess will probably say the modern era began when ESPN Plus launched. That's how he'll hedge that. But Rafe, um, I think it'll do about that 1.3, you know, 1.4, which if it does that, you, you got to give it credit. That's because a big success. They, they'll take that, right? I think they're actually in a great spot because let's say it did 600,000. Then yeah. then they could still be like, well, we doubled the last time. Although that that nobody's gonna buy that. I don't. I know. I know. But uh, look, I obviously you have to hope for the for the sake of boxing, for the sake of seeing uh, Mr. Kanta and Bob do future business together. Right? We want Spence Crawford. We want more things like this to happen. We hope it does really well. Uh, they've seemingly outside of not doing a traditional tour, that they put their best foot forward. I mean, we are seeing uh, a lot of promotion. I am seeing MMA fans all over it. I'm seeing some, you know, around town casual people bringing it up to me. So, uh, you know, we'll see, Rafe. We'll see. When when you go outside wearing your Gypsy King hat, Brian, what do people are people like February 22? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I did a test. I went to Disney a couple weeks ago, Disney World in Orlando, Rafe. And I in that that great Gypsy King hat that you purchased for me uh, as a gift. I actually purchased it for Mrs. Campbell. Thank you. She did. She did wear it, too. Uh I wore it a full day at the Magic Kingdom. I didn't get one mention, Rafe. One janitor. Normally when I do stuff like that, like if I go on vacation, I'll put on like a pre-Hansy era. I'd put on the Kovalev I want to crush him shirt and like a janitor or like some, you know, some Thailand guy over there changing oil would like give me like a little head nod. You know what I mean? Like we get it. We're in the same weird fraternity, Rafe, you know, or some guy would come up to me, put his hands up my shirt and go. I am a boxing fan. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, yeah. All right. Uh, But I didn't get any of that this time. So whatever. I mean, I don't think people, I don't think Disney World and boxing go hand in hand, Rafe. Not necessarily, although ESPN is uh, owned by Disney, Brian, That's if true. you didn't know that. All right. Well, I wanted to uh, start there business-wise. I wanted to do a quick inter- Tyson Fury Land would be a pretty awesome uh, part of uh, new installation in in, uh, in Disney World. We can, we can learn about Part GFC of Epcot culture. Center. Uh, we've got advice 
from Vladimir Klitschko to Tyson Fury for this fight, Rave? Be different or die. Please don't no, die. Please. But be different. Please. Why different? Because if you're different, you're special. Uh, Rave, that has been the, um, uh, honestly, seriously, the, the big, the big, the only storyline that has really mattered in this build has been that he is potentially being different. With two months to go, of course, Tyson Fury canned Ben Davison, co- somewhat controversially bringing in Sugar Hill Stewart. He wants the Kronk influence. He wants to sit down on his punches. I talked to Tyson Fury during that media conference call last week, Rafe, and, you know, essentially was like, look, is this a, a, a ploy? Are you really going to do this? And, of course, he says, yes, he's doubling down. And I said, how much of it was because of the judging? And he basically said all of it, Rafe. So here's the mindset for Tyson Fury coming in. We all thought he outboxed Wilder, except for the, you know, a few Dan Raphael, Lance Pugmire types. Uh, shout out to your Great colleague. Scorecard, guys. By the way, shout I Shout out. Shout out to them. That's no, that's no slander. I love me some Lance Pugmire. But, uh, you know, he's saying I don't want that to happen again. Great scorecard, though. Pretty bad scorecard. Pretty bad scorecard. He's saying I don't want that to happen again. He's saying I'm going to go in there and fight. I think that is such an absurdly compelling element to this fight, Rafe. That this pay-per-view probably will do well in the last few days. You have the greatest infomercial ever, which is showing highlights from that first fight. And now you can basically tell the people, Fury, this slick defensive genius, is going to sit down and fight against the maybe the biggest puncher ever. Holy crap, Rafe. Just that element alone, from a fandom point of view and from a journalistic, hey, let's break down the fight point of view. Dude, I'm high as heck on this fight like i am so damn fired up i do want to remind you rafe i was ringside at the staples center for the first one told the story before the drama and intensity of fury pitching this perfect game and telling this great comeback story and knowing that one slip could mess it up and seeing him rise in that 12th round i had soiled pants rafe i was sweating because I was just like clenching the cheeks so tight without realizing it. I stood up. I was just a sweaty met. Rafe, it was theater unlike I've ever seen before. And now you're telling me I can sit in that MGM Grand Garden Arena on Saturday. And Fury might, a fighting man, might be coming at him to make a fight. No, not a boxing match. A fight, Rafe. Yeah. I'm fired up. Do you believe him? I don't know, Brian. I don't know. I, I, it's impossible to tell because Fury can be winding you up. He's, he's not afraid to, to play mind games. In fact, he's probably better at mind games than anyone else. I got a chance to talk to Andy Lee for a story I'm working on about this. And he mentioned that even the time, you know, he's like, no one has ever really even tr- attempted to, to come back at, Tyson Fury in the mind game department, whether it was when the aborted fight with David Hay and David Hay, obviously, you know, w- was a big talker before he fought Vladimir Klitschko, right? He was, he, he uh, Derek Chisora didn't, didn't, nobody got glassed in the, you know, <laughs> he, uh, he, and, and Chis- he said, you know, I remember Andy saying <laughs> Chisora was, was quiet as a kitten around Tyson. He's, he, he has this ability to read people and play people and be the puppet master and he can do that to opponents he can do that to media and he's created this atmosphere in even in my brain you know he's living rent free in my head right now brian in a way that i don't mind because i i i can see this fight playing out 
exactly how he says it's going to, that he's going going to come in and look to, like you said, sit down on the punches more, uh, really fight and try to win by knockout. And I see that as a path to victory. I Now, I also see it as a, ris- I think, a riskier path than him trying to duplicate his effort and his game plan from the first fight, which almost everyone who saw that fight believes was a very successful one. He outboxed Wilder beautifully for a long, for, for almost every moment of that fight, except of course, for the ones where he was nearly knocked out. Um, and it just, uh, but that's the thing. Fury spins this, this yarn and you can't quite, you can never totally untangle it or I can't, I'm not, confident i can't tell you if i i think that he's just playing us and trying to play fury and show him you know giving him the okie doke right he's giving him the jimmy dolan shake and bake he's first you think he's going left then you think he's going right he's going be- between your legs man um is that the air or, up there yes that is the air up there <clears throat> great great movie um kevin bacon who would have thought he was so good at basketball um remember when he showed his dong in uh wild things didn't didn't you see like some the weird Kevin Bacon dong in Hollow Man as well, no. where he was like invisible dong? Remember when he raped those kids in sleepers? Moving on, Rafe. <laughs> You're a terrible person. I tried to make you um, tough. I tried to make you man. All right, all right. Um, yeah, Fury. Um, I can't tell if he's if if he's playing mind games. If this strategy talk is the okie doke. Or if it is for real, because I could see it going either way. Do you do you do you feel strongly? Does it lean left or right for you, Brian? I actually believe him. Am I more apt to get seduced by the gypsy? Because look, you know, despite the fact that he sent me to hell on my own podcast, we're respecters of of trying to make you tough, Brian. Of his craziness, Uh, I actually believe him. Now you have I've got to hedge that though. Okay, not Dwyer style, but I got to say, look, I don't believe he's going to recklessly brawl. Wilder, you will get yourself KO'd. But anyone who's saying BC, you're crazy. Why would he do this? Well, look, going 12 rounds against him and not dying is crazy against Wilder, right? The only people to do that are Stavern because Wilder broke his right hand in round three and Fury the first time and he got knocked down twice and needed an Undertaker exorcism to get back up, right? So you're telling me it's crazy to not just run back the same strategy. No, I I think there's something to this. I think it goes back, of course, to the Otto Valin fight <clears throat> where he was forced to be the Tyson of early in his career. A big six foot nine guy who's trying to set up big punches, uses size, lean all over him. And I think there's an avenue there, Rafe. I think we don't know enough about can Deontay Wilder fight on the inside. Everything we've seen is no. Can Deontay Wilder fight backing up? Everything we've seen is no. You're always going to be in danger of getting sent to hell with one punch. But this is such a compelling and interesting strategy. It goes back to that sort of wild card of this guy just... I mean, I went back and watched his real sports special that came Mm -hmm. out right after he beat Klitschko. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it touches on the controversial comments and all that. But it also touches on, like, you know, the miraculous nature of his birth, only being one pound and being a fighter and his dad naming him after Mike Tyson. And so many times in his life, people, him saying, his dad saying, and his uncle saying, you're going to be champion of the world. And then he freaking did it. And Rafe, I mean, this guy, I'm not going to get all Greg Maddox on you, but I think that Tyson Fury is a historical heavyweight. I'm telling you, I think he is the guy of this era. If anyone could do this and expose the flaws of Deontay Wilder and walk that tightrope 
and get up to the fire and get burned a little, but not but not turn into Joan of Arc. It is the big jip. It is Tyson Fury, Rafe. That may have been a slur. I take that back. A little back. bit, yeah. It is yeah. the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. A little bit, a little bit, man. A little bit there. <clears throat> a little bit there. I'll take that back. A um, bit. So defending him a little bit, Rafe. There is some rumble in the jungle parallels here. George Foreman is Deontay Wilder in a way. Can Tyson Fury be that Ali? Can he find that magic? You know that magic, that thing that Conor McGregor rode, that train to like all those knockouts where you're like, well, he really shouldn't beat this guy, but he's saying he's going to knock him out in the first round. Oh, crap. He just knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. There's that magic that was there during 70s Ali entering into fights where you're like, I don't know, man. You know, he's, he's kind of washed now. And he found a freaking way to do it. That sort of magic is in place with Tyson Fury. If you don't believe in magic, Rafe, you can believe that there's a six foot nine guy with elite speed, elite elusiveness and technique, and also like elite balls and toughness. Rafe, this is a special fighter. Him t- calling his shot and saying he's going to go in there and try to pull a rumble in the jungle has the potential to be like the story of this era. I know this is Canelo's era right now, right? Post-Floyd, Tyson Fury has a legitimate chance to 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 do something magical on Saturday Night Rape, and it's going to take knocking on Hell's door, not Heaven's, to get there. Holy crap, am I fired up. Brian, did you just ask me, do I believe in magic? <laughs> do I believe in flying kangaroos? Yes. Uh, yes. I do. I do. Um, yes. Yes. Tell me no, who I, great fighter Deontay Wilder knocked out. Not- yeah. He, uh, I, I think that it's hard. You have to believe a little bit in, in Fury's ability to pull this off because not only uh, him, him being born pre- three months premature and surviving. In fact, I mean, if you read his book, uh, his, uh, this is really tragic. His mother, uh, had out of 16 pregnancies, four children survived. He's one of them. Obviously he was close to not surviving. Um, and just the amount of times that Tyson Fury has done things that basically should have been impossible, fulfilling that destiny, snake charming Klitschko when no one believed he could coming back for putting himself through just the worst kind of psychological hell and putting his body through hell, coming back and fighting for a, a heavyweight championship within basically a year, and in most people's eyes, winning that fight against the scariest puncher of this generation, Deontay Wilder. Uh, all he's of got that killing should power, be impossible. Rafe. What the man's got killing power. If he doesn't yeah, kill you, he's good. He'll... Yeah, and 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 Fury did not jack right. He rises to the moment like really. You can't come up with any many people who rise to the occasion. Good Lord. Like Tyson Fury does. Um, he's a but, he's a hard man, Rafe. That's what you're yes, saying. Hard men. Um, and so you it's yeah, he has that that mystic, you know, that mystic Tyson, mystic Mac thing where it's like this doesn't make sense what he's doing, what he's saying. But he's done it so many times in the past. that You can't count it out. It, and it's and it is interesting. Here's a question, though. I do. I do put some some stock into the idea that he at least is going to be more take a more aggressive stance. Everything that he's done lines up with that from hiring Sugar Hill, 
bringing in Andy Lee, trying, you know, look, trying to bring in whatever kind of cronk technique and style he can absorb in in a, a few just a couple few months. Uh, looking a bit heavier, saying he's going to be heavier. If you look at him, he even looks a bit more muscular, right? It looks like he's he's put on that extra weight pretty well. Although muscle is heavy, it's still going to make him, I think, slower, and that's a risk. But it does add up to the idea that he is going to try to back up Deontay Wilder, maybe crowd him, get effing inside on him. And that is something, like you said, we haven't seen Wilder deal with, and maybe he can't. But We've never even really seen it, Brian. And here's the thing. What if he can? What? Because one thing that Wilder is, is he, he's a natural athlete and, he's, and he has very good instincts. What if, he, <clears throat> what if he is flustered with Fury crowding him, slobbing all over him? kind of leaning on him using all that 270 pounds he could be 50 pounds heavier than than wilder and it starts to win that battle of attrition what if wilder does figure something out what if he figured what if, he's an athletic guy what if he figures out a way to step back quick and land a big punch on the guy who's like i'm i he hasn't shown it but he hasn't not shown it and wilder when he's just fighting off of instincts when he is in that your favorite crazy bronze bomber mode he will come up with some moves that you don't ever see in boxing <laughs> that are effective and well he's so good in chaos rafe because mm -hmm. he can throw those helicopter crap and you don't see it coming i'm wondering though because fury's fully comfortable in chaos as well if he believes getting wilder on tilt getting him into chaos mode where he's just flailing away and he's using up a lot of energy and if he's thinking, look, these are looping weird punches, I can I can see these coming, I can handle them. Again, you're towing a line that could get you sent to hell at any point. But maybe there's a belief in Fury that I can live in that. I've got the better technique. I can stand in there and do that. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's wild, Rafe. It's well, it's, it's not crazy because if you if you rewatch the first fight and saw how badly Fury had Wilder missing, just wild, wide, over the top shots. If you look at that fight and think that and, – and you're Fury or in Fury's camp and you think, OK, we can make him miss again. All we got to do now is make him pay more because what was Fury doing? He was making him miss and then fainting, jabbing, scoring a little bit. But it, the reason you could even make an argument for giving some of those early rounds to Wilder is that even though Fury was making him miss and making him look bad, he wasn't doing enough to win the rounds. He wasn't acting active enough to score enough to win the rounds he wasn't making him pay and you're looking at that thinking okay if i can do the first half of that and then follow through it and really land some good counters while wilder is off balance yeah that's you you start thinking all right maybe i can actually hurt this guy or Wait, Rafe, on that do enough to deserve a victory on that point he said on the conference call last week he said there were two moments he thought he had wilder hurt in that fight but he didn't trust his own 12-round stamina coming off of losing so much weight and, <clears throat> and you know, not having the, the right kind of tune-ups that he let Wilder off the hook. So the biggest reason he says why he's going to alter the strategy is he says he's learned from the first fight that he can hurt Wilder. That And, and if he believes if he steps in there with combos, he could potentially get him out of there. And it, it's – look, Wilder's given you no reason up to this point 
and, and certainly surviving that round in the first Luis Ortiz fight, showing a great chin, showing great toughness. He's given you no reason to believe that he can fold, that he would fold. But he has been sort of flash chinny at times against certain people. Eric Molina, again, you know, there's been those weird moments. It's crazy, man. I mean, it's it's freaking crazy. I hate using Muhammad Ali's name in this conversation a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Soon, I, soon, I, like the new Muhammad Ali. But it, it, it's 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 wild, Rafe. It's I mean, wow. Let's talk boxing. Let's talk Tyson Fury. Yeah, we, that's what we're doing, Rich. Seriously. Um. All right, Rafe. This is it's crazy. It's stinking crazy. Um. What if Wilder? So so now we're we're talking about all the things Fury can do. Wilder can do a few things too in terms of changing up his look fighting a little bit differently we saw him extremely patient perhaps too patient it's hard to totally tell in that rematch with Luis Ortiz where he was getting outboxed for you know seven six rounds in two minutes and 45 seconds before he knocked out Ortiz uh but the the question I guess what if what if People in Wilder's camp and Wilder are watching the fights Fury had over the last year. They see the success that Otto Valin had, not just obviously, oh, you know, he got a cut and that changed the fight. No. Um, but before the cut, in the first couple of rounds, Valin was smart. They had a game plan. They said, all right, let this guy's really wiggly, slippery, hard, elusive, hard to hit. Let's just let's target the body. Let's hit him in the chest. Throw that jab in the chest. Try and keep him in one spot. And I think that that was pretty successful early on. It made it, – it was at least – it was – look, it was better for Otto Valin than swinging wildly over the top and missing. Um, what if Wilder says, OK, I'm, I'm going to fight more calmly. I'm not going to wing my right hand around unnecessarily when I get excited and want to hit this guy. I'm going to stick – I'm going to – I have a stick. And I'm going to put that stick in this guy's chest. He has a He's stick heavier. on him. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put that stick in this man's chest, and, and and he's heavier than last time until his feet slow down a little bit, and then I'm going to look to land that. <clears throat> I'm not going to do a bomb squad, but that's what he's going to look to do. Well, what, let, let's if make he that comes case. in and fights a better game plan, he can improve too. So anyone listening to this, going, all you guys do is talk about Fury. You're right, Rafe. Here's the game. Here's the the points on why this could actually be a better night for Deontay Wilder. I believe he has improved. For, he had a better 2019 from the idea of improving, right? <clears throat> the one-punch KO against Brazil. The dealing with I'm losing rounds against Ortiz in the rematch, but I'm also really not getting hurt like he was in the first time, right? And he's really working hard to set up that punch. But most importantly, the confidence level. Rafe, I feel like I'm the only one who's bringing up this point. Wilder's admitted multiple times over the first fight against Fury. Once he got in there in the ring, the, the bright lights were a little bit too much for him constantly missing against Fury, Fury playing head games. He wasn't where he needed to be. He made the adjustments late, finally caught up with him. That in incredible stamina that we need to give Wilder more credit for was there. And just his ability to carry his power late. And we had what we had there. He seems so much more comfortable in the build of this fight, not getting trapped in any mind games, Rafe, just being like, okay, man, we'll see. Basically just being like, yep, we'll see. Well, you know, I'm going to send you to hell. We'll see what happens. Yes, there are many reasons to believe that Deontay Wilder can and should win this. In fact, it's probably the smarter betting play that Wilder knocks him out because history is telling you that even the great Tyson Fury got dropped twice. But the counter to that counter is the question that we've had since the first fight, Rafe. Who has a larger ceiling 
of improvement that they could reach from what we saw in that first fight? Was that really a 40% of Tyson Fury like his dad, Big John, will tell you? He was weak as a kitten. You know, I mean, he was soft as a piece of wet tissue paper. Yeah. What was it something like that? Or I mean, it's or, you know, how much was that just not the right Deontay Wilder mentally? There's like that that unknown of which guy has more room of improvement. And certainly from the two fights for Tyson Fury in 2019, we gained nothing but his toughness against Valine to rally back. It's, 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 It's interesting. You can make the same case that Deontay Wilder could have an easier time this time around if he's mentally stronger. Certainly, he's got to establish that jab. Now, did you watch that breakdown video that BT Sport did? By the way, BT Sport's dominating the pre-fight coverage. It had Ben Davison, the old trainer, and David Hay, and they broke down on a video screen the success they had in the first fight, mm-hmm. and it was all about keeping Wilder's jab occupied because they figured that he only works that right hand off the lazy jab. When they kept it occupied and... Fury slapping at it and rotating away, they were able to disarm him. Now you've got a completely different game plan on the idea of going forward instead of backward. And Rafe, I don't know if you've seen the preview videos BT Sports doing, but they're showing a lot of Tyson Fury working southpaw against the mitts of Sugar Hill, and no one's talking about it. So from that standpoint, if you don't keep Wilder's jab occupied, he's more confident than ever to either wait or walk you down and still land it, Rafe. A lot of wild card factors here on how you break down the X's and O's of what Wilder can do. Yeah, uh, and I mean, the Southpaw question is really interesting because earlier in his career, pre-Klitschko, pre-ballooning up in weight, pre-depression, pre-all of that stuff, pre-comeback, we would see Tyson Fury switch back and forth between Orthodox and Southpaw pretty regularly, regularly during fights. He didn't. He hasn't done that much in his in his fights since coming back. It looks like he may try it a bit in this one, and and that is that going to be effective as giving Wilder a new look, something that I guess. But you know what? He's fought Ortiz twice. He's not like he's never. He doesn't see southpaws in the ring. But what that that does the the different look could do. You know, when you think about the classic effective. You know, weapon for a for a for an orthodox fighter against southpaw is just the the lead right hand and and not throwing it behind the jab. And as Davison is pointing out, it doesn't seem that Wilder is always that comfortable throwing the lead. He's he's a, Wilder is more of the Teddy Atlas. He likes to put some some bugs on the wheel the windshield and then come in with the wiper. Um, so it, it, it's going to be interesting. It could, and obviously the, the the southpaw fighter is more open angle wise for that. Bam! Straight white, straight right hand, and it, it, you could see it playing out either way. Being this this extra wrinkle that Fury can use to get a, another advantage, giving him a new look against Wilder, or something that opens him up for the very punch that is going to send him to hell. Wow. Do I believe that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Rafe, I want to close on Ben Davison here now that we have his name out there. Um, I've got some sound. Keep his of, name out your mouth. <clears throat> I've got some sound of Big John sending him to hell. I'll give Ben Davison credit on how he's handled this awkwardness publicly. He's still doing analyst work ahead of this fight, like I mentioned. But here's Big John on that BT Sport roundtable just burying him. Ben's a great kid, but he was a PTI instructor. Every, everybody, everybody starts. That, Adam was a PTI before he's no, with me. You, let you, me tell you. You, you start somewhere. I know the kid. 
you can't expect a, a boy to do a man's job. He'd done a great job, but he was only a companion for Tyson. Tyson did all that himself with the help of a little bit of companionship and selling somebody doing that. Go on, you can do another mile, Tyson. Don't eat this, don't eat that. That's the difference between winning and losing. But when it comes to using them, technique and knowledge, that's in a lot of flaws. So do you, do you think, do you I'm think a writer, Steve, what I'm saying. Do you think Sugar I mean, Hill is better than Ben? In more experience, 100%. Really? I don't know if he's wrong there. I don't know if I hear any lies there, Rafe. Yeah, you see no lies. I understand. I think Ben Davison deserves better, though. I think that, yes, he is not as as experienced as Sugar Hill. But Sugar Hill, uh, I don't, he's, look, and Jonathan Banks, both of them guys, the remaining Kronk trainers, that you, and most of the time, the most impressive thing about their work is that they knew Emmanuel Stewart. Um, but he's more experienced. He's been in more more big fight camps. All that that's true. And and John Fury has been critical of Ben Davison really since the the first Wilder fight. Right? He he didn't think that they should have taken the fight at that time. He thought Tyson wasn't ready. He thought that Tyson came in too light and was too weak for that fight. And but that and David Hay makes this point in that roundtable. He's like, well. Then Ben Davison was right because they went into that fight and, and Ben Davison and Tyson, of course, were right. They went into that fight and performed spectacularly, did a great job in the eyes of most viewers, deserved to win that decision despite the two knockdowns. And uh, so they deserve credit for that. And yeah, I do I believe that Fury is his own kind of boxing genius who probably – doesn't need uh, as much, you know, who, who can get by without um, without an experienced trainer showing him what to do, coming up with game plans for him. He seems like a very like he's got great instincts and can improvise on the fly and 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 rely on his um, you know on his footwork on on all of the the boxing knowledge that's sort of in his veins, ready to be applied in the moment he's better as an impro Im improvisational fighter than as a game plan fighter in some cases um i so so i could see the 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 um the criticism that maybe ben davison it, it didn't do that much it was really all tyson but at the same time davison was there the whole time helping tyson get through an insane, impossible comeback that nobody believed was for real. Like you saw him running uh, still over 300 pounds for months, do, recording videos on Instagram and thinking this is a joke. He just, he just, he's this is, he's just clout chasing. This is not actually coming back. He's just calling AJ and Wilder wooden tops, <clears throat> no panache. So for, for, because he's bored and, and, and no, it was real. And Davidson was the guy there with him through all that. And whether or not it was a strategic mastermind uh, type situation, the results were very, very, very good. And Tyson Fury seems like the kind of guy, kind of fighter who may not need someone telling him how to fight, but just needs the someone who has a connection with him to keep him engaged and motivated and and interested and and can sort of always be ready to go train because when right he's said a million times fury has that he has he's he got through depression and addiction 
by training, by turning turning it around instead of going to the bottle or going to, you know, drugs or whatever, when he when when his mind started messing with him, he went to the gym. And he needs he needed a guy who was ready to do that at any time of day. He was ready to go work the pads with him. That was Davison. Um and and look, the results were good. They were successful together. Were they perfect? No, they, and obviously John Fury believes they could have been better, and maybe the limits of their partnership started to to show in in the performance against Valine and and the idea that I guess falling in love with the idea that Tyson Fury is a was this um, sort of strictly defensive fight master. He's he he can do that, but he can also be aggressive. He can also lean on guys and and wear them down, like he ended up having to do against. Valine, and we don't know if uh, Davison was the kind of trainer who would have helped bring that side out of him. It's def- too bad they couldn't I, have made a middle ground where he stayed on as the secondary guy. I, but- I believe they offered that, and for whatever reason, Davison chose not to. And and you also have to give Davison a lot. I think you just said this, but you gave Davison a lot of respect and a lot of um a lot of. I don't know. He deserves a lot of credit for the way he's handled this with a lot of a, a lot of honor is really he's 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 really supportive of Tyson from the outside. He's not he's not coming out here like Abel Sanchez uh, immediately throwing uh, Golovkin under the bus for not giving <laughs> him as much money as he wanted. No, he's I, I, he's and we don't know what really happened. They say that they're still tight. Uh, but but Davison is keeping a respectful distance, a supportive distance. And he's he's being a good friend to a person who he says is his good friend. He's living up to it. I, I respect that. And the, the proof will be in the ring whether or not it was the best decision if they, they made the right thing. This is the thing, especially for, for the, the Furies. You know, family is pretty important. Really, I mean, family is important to all of us, but they are tight. And I think eventually, you know, blood is thicker than water. Uh, and, and what and what John Fury thought was best was eventually going to, to happen. And, and hope, look, I... Uh, hopefully he's right for them. Um, and even if he is right, even if they are doing the best they, they can do, that doesn't mean that Deontay Wilder can't win this fight. We good friends. I love you, daddy. But let's get it on. Family is important. And speaking of his daddy, Rafe, um, watching that real sports thing again from 2015, uh, holy crap, like Tyson Fury's just had a different upbringing, Rafe. It's not just the, the gypsy culture and being in the, in the caravan at times. And even when they bought the new house, they all stayed in the caravan outside to keep with the culture. But you saw the John Fury going to jail right at the key time for Tyson Fury's career. And then, you know, his uncle Peter training him yet. Peter, I didn't know came right from organized crime and had been in jail himself. Uh, it just, it, look, this family. I'm treated and he ain't. And that's part of the, the prediction here in terms of like believing that one man can pull it out. And that's not a slight against Deontay because he's also been through a lot of ish in his career and he's been showing incredible toughness and he has the greatest counter weapon to any strategy you could come out there with. I want to address one thing. I was a Deontay by knockout guy after that first press conference. And it was all centered on the idea that I think Fury's too comfortable. I don't think he has enough to prove to people. Uh, you know, he's at his, he plays up or down to the competition. He's at his best when you count him out. When he's a massive underdog against Klitschko, he can win. When he's a nat- massive underdog against Wilder in the first fight, he can pull that off. I almost think, Rafe, 
him changing trainers and adopting this public yeah. ideal of I'm going for the knockout. You all think I'm crazy is almost his way of putting extra double down pressure on himself so he could bring out the very best of himself. It's wild reverse psychology, but I think it's right. I think you I think you are onto something there. I do think that Fury needs to create insane adversity to to rise to so that he knows he's going to be at his very best uh and that's look that's a really even if that's true and that's exactly what he's doing and it works that's really risky you're making it harder on yourself so that you perform your best but making it harder on yourself can also mean you lose right you roll the dice only so many times and as great as you are and as many times as the break things fall in your favor and you know and many times you even overcome when it's not in your favor right when you get that giant cut against Otto Valin it, it, it eventually you crap out and that that's not to say that it will happen and that Fury and, and and maybe it never will happen. Maybe Fury is this mythical well, being, right? Who is just blessed, touched, anointed to every time he is counted out, come out on top. He's almost he almost makes me believe that. But at the same time, if you're just looking at it without buying into any mystical BS, Brian, you stop and you think, wait a minute. So this guy is trying to make it harder and make it more likely he will lose so he will win. (laughs) Uh, Hey, it worked for Muhammad Ali, Rafe. Interesting, interesting. All right, let's get into it here. Let's get into it, Rafe. Uh, The key to victory for Deontay Wilder is? Uh, Right hand. All right. Um, I want to say distance, keeping keeping distance, the jab. So having the jab has to play some role to control distance and set up that right hand. We don't know unless he developed a Lennox Lewis uppercut if he can have any success on the inside. So I think the key is obviously patience and poise, and he's shown that, showed that in Lewis Ortiz fight excellently. Um, Also poise of what, you know, what if Wilder tries to lure him into something to try to, Mm -hmm. like I said, break down that stamina or just get him on tilt. That type of mental poise is going to be massive, knowing that I have 36 minutes to, to kill you to knock you the hell out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. I mean, we there's no deeper strategy than that. It's no, I think, like, But the, his, I think the jab, his jab is going to be really important, especially if Fury, if we see Fury try to crowd him, get, get inside and lean on him and wear him down that way, which I think is something Fury, I wouldn't be, I, 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 I do expect him to try that at times during this fight. And I think it could be very successful if he does. The way that Wilder needs to keep him off him is by making it very clear that he, you're, I'm going to use this stick as soon as you try and, and step inside on me and keep him off him. Otherwise, um, you know, otherwise Fury can can sort of do, bob and weave and get right in there and then really put all that weight on him. And that could be a big problem for Wilder. And yes, we've seen him keep calm while being outboxed at a sort of deliberate pace like Luis Ortiz did in their rematch a few months ago. But can Wilder keep calm with 270 pounds and six foot nine of hairy, sweaty, slobby, rubbing all over him like we've seen Tyson Fury do a couple times? I mean, that that's that's a different kind of discomfort than he can put you through and also be effective. Land some sneaky shots inside Fury. is good at that. 
uh, you know, is, he can be a little dirty. He can, he can, he can, he can get a little nasty with you under the sheets. Um, and the flip uh, side, Rafe, the flip yeah. side on the keys for Fury is look like I want to say don't do anything crazy, but everything he's he's talking about doing is crazy. I almost just want to say don't get too comfortable because he yeah. does so well with crazy and being on edge and and and, and sort of towing the line of danger. It's when he got comfortable in the first fight, when he took a deep breath, when he slowed down, that Wilder's still there to get him. Uh, if he's going to be more aggressive than he was in the first fight, it's going to be asking a lot of his stamina. It's asking a lot to try any strategy like this against Wilder, but he's really got to avoid those spots. If he's, let's say he builds a lead. Let's say, imagine if he dropped Wilder, by the way. Imagine if they both hit the canvas. We're talking about like Rocky. We're talking about the kind of fight, Rafe, that like defines an era and makes new fans that never watched boxing before, right? Like this could be like the potential for Saturday. Seriously, the potential for Saturday of what it could do for so many things in the sport is massive. But imagine if he had major success early, but then got too comfortable and got sent to hell. He's got to be on like Donkey Kong for 36 long minutes, Rafe. That's asking yeah. a lot of anyone at any point in history. It's true, Brian. And it, you do see Wilder uh, Fury getting a little bit comfortable. He does, especially late in fights, right? I mean, if you look at the 12th round against Wilder, he landed a nice shot, went to, you know, sort of stuck around a little too long, and then, whap, that's how he got knocked down. You saw against Otto Valin, he had done enough to really put that fight away on the cards. Valin had looked pretty beat at certain times in like the 10th and 11th rounds of that fight where he's just really exhausted and hurt at times and, and struggling to, you know, fighting to stay in that, stay, stay on his feet against Fury. Then Fury, kind of, you know, loses the edge for a second and then whap, got hurt with that, with, with a left yeah, in that good fight. Reminder. It's a good reminder. Uh, anyone, actually, you know, anyone like me who's getting a little too high on Fury, go back and watch round 12 of the Valine fight. He got, he was, fatigued and he got rocked many times and the one one of the big risks i think he's taking on in coming in heavier more muscular with uh, that would that would necessarily sort of presume slightly less stamina right it is very hard to gain 15 pounds and then be just as fast and just as elusive and just as you know um strong throughout 12 rounds as you were uh what 14 months ago it, it just it that it usually does not work that way now he could be stronger he could take a punch better he could land he could be he could have heavy you know his punches could land heavier but if the fight goes longer and then he finds himself uh, slowing down more against wilder who we obviously has proved he can hurt tyson fury very bad in the ninth and twelfth rounds of any fight uh that's that's another risk he's taken on that if that if you know that he could be in a, a mild load watch situation. Yeah, that's you know? a fair, very, very fair point. I want to give the final word to John Fury before we make our predictions. Let me tell you, a fast horse is easily trained. Always remember that. If you've got a red room in your stable, you don't need to be much of a jockey to make it get over that line. And that's what I say about that. And I'll tell you now. Tyson will beat him in every department. Whatever tricks they want to do, whatever school they want to do, there's only one winner. The beast, the gypsy king, Tyson Fury. Right. That's where. All right. Uh, thank you, John. 
yeah, I, did you did you understand that uh, horse racing analogy? I was getting flashbacks to Tommy Boy. Now you could you, a faster horse is easy to ride if you look at a T-bone steak, and it's got to you put your hand up a uh, Fury's bunghole. It's got to no, be your, it's your hole. It's your hose, Rafe. Uh, prepare your horse <laughs> for the war. For the race, if you've got a red rum in your stable, all right, Rafe, it's prediction time. I'm gonna lead. I'm gonna lead you here. Tyson Fury's gonna find a way to win this. I don't I, look. I've been toying with the idea of: Am I crazy enough to believe that this crazy man is crazy enough to go out there and pull off the absolute impossible Rumble in the Jungle rehash and stop Deontay Wilder almost in an Ali Foreman type way, where it's certainly not a one punch KO, but it's just a, uh, you know, I've worn this man down physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, no. But Fury's going to be more aggressive. He's going to have moments where he might enter load watch territory because I think he actually will get Wilder backed up and you know briefly hurt. I think he's going to find a way to win a decision and find a way to pull this off. And yes, we will see a, a wild third bout this calendar year, Rafe, because Wilder will activate that. I think either way, this bout is going to be huge for the division, the sport, the future of both fighters. I think Fury finds a way. He may have to get up, Rafe, again. He's going to find a way to get his arm raised. I don't think the judges will screw him twice in a row. Because, look, I, I don't know. Wilder has had the benefit of the doubt lately in a lot of big fights when, you know, he was ahead of Ortiz in that first one when it didn't make sense. Does he have Canelo clout, though? Does he have Oscar or, Corn or Canelo clout? I'm not really sure, Rafe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. It's I wouldn't I wouldn't put it I, I wouldn't count it out. Non-American fighters have not had the the best run in Las Vegas in recent years. Fair point. I got Tyson by unanimous decision. Your pick. All right, man. Look, this uh, this fight is destroying my brain. It's driving me crazy in the best way because I've gotten to this point where I believe in all of this stuff about Tyson Fury as a historical heavyweight, a guy who has multiple paths to, to victory in this fight, whether he's boxing or pressuring or even going for the knockout. I can see him pulling this stuff off. I believe in his ability to create this storm of of chaos and, and insurmountable odds around himself and then overcome them time and time again. And... I I just believe in this man. I think he he is the kind of person like you said that will figure out a way to win. He's got that fighting spirit. And I don't care if it's passed down through 200 years of of fighting men in the traveler tradition or if he's just born special or if he is just tough. Whatever it is, it works for him. But at the same time, Brian, I don't think I'm going to pick him because it's just I, I I at some point in time, I am I'm, I need to crack myself in the head and say none of this just keep it simple stupid you got one guy who overturned everything he's been doing hired a new trainer yeah he's had some he's kept some continuity by bringing in a cousin and and long trusted confident confidant uh Andy Lee and of course he has he, he worked he he knows Sugar Hill Stewart from training, you know, showing up at Kronk years ago, training with Vladimir Klitschko in that camp. They have some, but it's not that. It's still a huge change. That's usually not a good thing. 
you he's also trying a brand new strategy or seems to be and it's not just saying it but appears to be backing it up with his actions in terms of how, gaining weight looking more muscular and look nothing wrong he could a little more muscle on that frame is not a bad thing but it's heavy it's going to slow him down and he's that means it's more i think it's more likely that he's going to get caught with something because he's not going to be quite as quick as he's used to being uh and just to assume that he will be that's a risk man he's taking on so much risk and even though he is the one person on the planet who i wouldn't discount i wouldn't just say okay he's full of he's full of he's full of crap and he's going to get sent to hell like he's the one person in the world that makes me believe that he's going to pull this off or can pull it off it's you just like i said just step back you know let the spell wear off and think all right he's doing a lot of things that forebode uh you know a, a bad outcome and he's making it he's he's upping the odds against himself against the fighter there's not a, a, a Deontay Wilder who in mo- most people's eyes has only gotten better has only gotten more confident who's only going to feel more you know who's already seen 12 rounds of Tyson Fury it's fair that's fair it just you got I I I have to, I don't like being rational and I'm much more I get much more excited thinking of the ways that Fury can pull off this amazing fight and I really think they're real but if you're asking me to make a prediction I got that's when I have to you know let the spell wear off and be rational and say Deontay Wilder will land a, a right hand and it will knock him down and hurt him. Maybe knock him out eventually. He'll get a stoppage. FIFA, fum, fum. I'm the man with the right hand bomb. Tyson Fury. Oh, well, where? Oh, where can he be? Well, he's the next man that I want to see. Okay, that's your prediction. Mine is. I'm not buying. See you later. Left, right, good night. Uh, Rafe, that's the show for the week. Can't wait for this fight. Want to remind people out there, the SOC has you covered, not just this preview edition. Check out on YouTube when I join Tommy Tran on CBS Sports HQ for a detailed breakdown of who wins and why. All week long, we got coverage on CBS Sports HQ from Las Vegas. Don't forget the SOC's got you covered with an interview pod this Friday. I'm going to sit down with Wilder. I'm going to sit down with Fury. I'm going to get Andre Ward. I'm going to get Tim Bradley. On and on and on. Maybe a little Sebastian Fundora, Rafe. That's I love that man. Inferno. I love me some Fundora. Don't miss our media day interview pod Friday and after the fight, of course, on Saturday. I know I'll be there. I don't know about books, but I'll be there. Instant analysis edition in Las Vegas. I will make it happen. I will. I just like Tyson Fury saying that he is going to take a bunch of cocaine after this fight. I'm going to be amped up. I'm going to be railing lines so that I can whoa, be whoa, here whoa. going crazy with BC. Look, I'm just saying it's, it's just a performance enhancing drug. I don't do it to, to feel good. I do it so I can stay awake at three in the morning and go crazy over what I'm hoping will be an incredible fight. I don't want to let you down, BC, and I don't want to let down the State of Combat crew, the Godinez crew, the Irish yes. crew, everybody. I ain't going to let the, you down on this the one. The Danish crew of Ulrich Anderson and company, the Barker crew. That's how men deal. 
That's how men roll. He ain't a man. Thank you, John. Uh, that's the I show for this jack, week. I won't jack, Brian. I won't jack. Follow us at State of Combat, at B. Campbell CBS, at Rafe Boogs on Twitter. Read his work on The Athletic. Rafe, 10 seconds or less. Mike Coppinger, your, your teammate, has reporting that it will be Billy Joe Saunders and that they're 95% of the way there. Canelo, Billy Joe, Cinco de Mayo, yay or nay? Oh, boy. All right. And another thing, Rafe, I wanted to hit you up with real quick. Uh, reports out of Australia. Anthony Mundine set to fly to Melbourne in the next 48 hours to meet with arch enemy Michael Zarafa to, quote, nut out a deal to fight in late April. Rafe, the shapeshifter just won't stop. Brian, I have nutted out a couple deals with uh, dancers in my past, and uh, let's just say they were magical. It led to magical fights. Indeed. Indeed. Just want to remind Tyson this weekend. This ain't Klitschko. Exactly. Exactly. This that's, ain't Bardo either. That's This ain't, you know, this ain't Jorge Coda. Exactly. It's the raw dog. It is. It is. All right. Okay. Follow Richard Dwyer on YouTube for his predictions and updates on the move. Hey, Dwyer, you were wrong on this one. Blah, blah, blah. Right? You thank were. You, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's it. Look at us now, Rafe. I got two words for you. We out. We out.